Hey, hey. What's up, everybody? So, uh, let me see here. I'm going to bring my myself into here. There we go. Boom. Start listening. There we go. And invite myself as a co-host here. There we go. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to JavaScript Jam Live. Okay. Boom. DB, what's up, dude? Welcome. All right. Just trying to get my bearings here. Everything looks to be good. Perfect. All right. Welcome to JavaScript Jam Live. This is where we talk about everything JavaScript and web development related. We do this every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we have a good time doing it. Uh, if you're out there in the audience and you're a beginner, or you've been doing this for a very long time, either way, we want to hear from you. We really do. Like, seriously. So get up here. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we really want to hear from you guys. So feel free to click on the bottom left-hand corner there and request to come up. What's up, Brad? What's going on? Thanks for coming. Just request to come up, and uh, we're more than happy to have you, whether you want to state an opinion, ask a question, um, you know, say something about the, the uh, current topic at hand, whatever. Feel free. We'd love to hear from you. Today, we had, uh, well, really yesterday, mainly, we had V conference going on. That was interesting. We might talk and touch on that a little bit. Um, yeah, it was interesting how they did this 24-hour thing with it, where they went on from was it, 9 a.m. yesterday to 9 p.m. Uh, and then it was like after that, at least that's what the schedule showed, right? And then after that, uh, for the next 12 hours, making it 24 total, they re-streamed those talks, I believe that's how they did it, which is, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and I guess that's so, you know, like everybody all around the world could have it at a time that's convenient for them, which is pretty cool. You know, decently, definitely thought out for sure. Um, so yeah, Ishan will be joining us here shortly. Um, looking forward to having him jump on here with us. As always, we're going to have some great conversations. Looks like we have a request from Brad. What's up, bro? Bring you on. That is a speaker. There we go. Brad, connecting. There's always a nice delay. Hey, Scott. Hey. Oh, man. Long time no talk. How you doing? Yeah, just been. I've been chilling in the the audience these these last few weeks. I was off with uh, off with COVID, unfortunately. Which on the oh, good man. side, I I caught it at a React conf. So a few weekends ago, we had uh, oh. we had React Alicante down here in Spain. Right. Some good talks. Met some good people there. Um, yeah, I 
you got an unfortunate uh, takeaway from from the conference. So, but yeah, coming coming oh, back yeah. from that. So, and yeah, no, I was just chatting about BeatConf, so I thought I'd jump on on the board. Unfortunately, I missed it, but try. I I saw the the recording was up, based on what you were just saying there, the twenty four hour thing today. So I was like, oh, it's it's uh, you know, it's still up on YouTube. I'll I'll just I'll, I'll play it back later and. Just a couple of hours ago, yeah, went I don't to know. do I that, looked... and it's gone now. So they've took it down once it's finished, and they're going to put the videos say, up later. At, yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say, I think they took the stream down, and then, and then they, uh, hopefully, they put it back up on YouTube, like an in individual talks or something, yeah. or you know, they were saying that cool. in the chat last. Like, we'll we'll let you know on on Twitter or something when when they've got right. all the the talk, the chapters are. Put up on yeah, those individual videos, yeah. Yeah, looking right. forward to, to seeing that. I, I saw the, all I saw was the the Dino talk about um, uh, Dino deploy with with V, which yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, there was lots and, of good ones with different frameworks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for, with V. So yeah, so, yeah, I know there were some yeah, big names up cool. in there in the in the sponsors. I was like, yeah, you're gonna get some pretty good content <laughs> yeah. from that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There was definitely some. Big names. Awesome. So, anybody else in the audience uh, participate or uh, attend Veet um, yesterday or this morning or last night <laughs> when they were streaming it over again? Feel free to raise your hand if you want to come up. All right. So, I'm just going to finish my little spiel here so like i said if you're a beginner or you've been here a long and or you've been doing this for a long time um you know on javascript or development web development in general uh it doesn't matter we want to hear from you uh so feel free to put your hand up come on up and uh in fact that's when we get some of the most uh value out of this just like when brad raised his hand and came up here and started talking we love it when you guys do that you know we love to have you guys participating and and uh, you know, joining us up here? So um, we've definitely gotten some really good talks uh, when it comes to that. Um, yeah. So I know Ishan should be here in a couple minutes, and we can really kick things off even more so. But uh, let's see here. So speaking of uh, VCOMP, I know there were some good talks that I was looking forward to checking out as well. Um, and so was Ishan. Um, there was like the, um, which one was it? There's so many good ones in here. And actually, I heard a lot of people saying that the like shorter uh, talks were actually like really good, right? Um, maybe right. Because it was just like so jam-packed, you know, with <laughs> good stuff <laughs> in such a short period of time, you know, um, instead of kind of spread out over 10, 15, 20 minutes or whatever. So, yeah, I must say, where, where I was this this uh, the weekend at React Alicante, it's the same for the talks there. There's 
obviously there's got, got long talks, but the what they call the the lightning ones, where it's like I think 15, 20 minutes or something instead of 40, 50 minutes. It's right. I guess the the person put on the talk has got so much to share, and they like uh, cramp it down into this into this small smaller presentation. But there's there's still like so much value in there, and you you come out of that talk, or I did anyway, feeling like, oh, you know, there's a, you've learned a lot there where in you, when you're in these longer ones and it's say more about one topic, I mean, they provide you with value, obviously, but it's it's spread out a bit, you know, there's more space to be putting some memes and jokes in there and stuff, whereas the line ones is like, boom, straight to the point, you know, I'm, I'm talking about this and, and, and this is what it is sort of thing, but I don't know if right. it's based on the same sort of uh, yeah. idea, but yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And some of these were even really short. Like there were several that are like four, five, six, eight minutes long. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's interesting how much, if, if they actually stuck to the six minute talk or if, the, <laughs> I mean, if that was literally it, like, because uh, I don't know, some of these are probably pre-recorded, I would imagine. Right. Um, right. And so, yeah, that would be interesting to hear like how, how much they value they put out there in like six minutes but i know um a couple javascript jams ago we were talking about tori t-a-u-r-i uh <clears throat> excuse me for helping to build uh better apps for you know like native applications and things like that right but mm-hmm. there was there's a talk here um on desktop apps actually utilizing tori it looks like Atari, however you would say it, <clears throat> which that would have been cool to check out as well. But I know the a, a big one, the Ishan one to listen to, which was a panel that they have, which is the Frameworks panel, it included like Daniel Rowe, um, Ben McCann, uh, Brett Little, uh, nice, a few of those folks, right? So that would. And that was, you know, like a 45-minute panel, essentially. Um, but that, that's a, I bet that was a really good conversation. Um, so I'll be looking forward to listening, excuse me, to that when that comes out, hopefully soon as well. Yeah. Feel free to uh, you know, come on up if you uh, want to talk or if you were interested in Veek or anything else you want to bring up. But yeah, it looks like there was also, um, so you were speaking about the Dino uh, and Veek. Uh, yeah, it's like a fi- there was like a right. five minute, that was supposed to be five minutes long. <laughs> like, man. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what there. I mean. They were like showing literally what the title says. You know, there's no going around like deep into what Dino was or anything in like that. That's, that's the only thing I've seen of it. And some, some, uh, chatter from like the, how do you say it? the, the presenters, sort of, however you call them. Um, but, but yeah, and it was literally, you know, okay. Showing you in uh, from a code perspective, like getting up, a, a Dino, um, a built app with, with Vite and stuff. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a bun and beat is on here too. But that's a three minute conversation. <laughs> oh, it looks like someone's requesting here. Let's see. There we go. What's up? Looks like you're still connecting here. 
we'll give it a, a chance to catch up. Can you hear us? It looks like you're muted there. You can hit the little mic button. Come off mute if you'd like. How do you pronounce your name? Is it? Hi, good evening. My name is Rahma. Hi. Is it Rahma? Is it Rahma? Okay, cool. Rahma, yes. Um, right. I'm good, sort of good nervous. To hear from you. Okay, um, I oh, think. Oh, don't be nervous. <laughs> yeah, um, I I think it's kind of hard for me to relate with all that um, you guys have been talking about. I'm kind of like a beginner. Well, not really a beginner. I've been learning on and off for about two years. Um, it's been more of a hobby for me, trying to understand JavaScript and you know build really cool projects with it. So recently, I've tried to. Um, do more with Node.js and it's been a really tough ride. I tried to take this approach of um, looking at APIs and SDKs and seeing what I can really just put together. So that, that kind of forces me to you know, learn beyond what I already know. So I think um, there, it's, it's, there's, a whole, there's a whole lot to learn. It gets really overwhelming. And I would just like to hear from you guys what do you think about that approach of mine? I, I think it's been the easiest way for me to not get discouraged. Yeah, so. Absolutely. That's a great question. And uh, I'm so glad that you came up. Um, yeah, no need to be nervous. Thank you so much uh, for that awesome question. We love hearing from people, whether they're you know, beginners or they've been doing this for a long time, and it doesn't matter. So thanks again. Um, yeah, so I'd say, you know, you're doing the right thing. You're taking action. Right. <laughs> You're moving in the step of, you know, trying to get uncomfortable because uh, if you're comfortable, you're not learning. Right. If you're uncomfortable, you're, you're learning and you're becoming some someone that you weren't before. Right. Um, so that's really cool that, um, you know, you're making that transition for yourself. And not just that, you've like realized um, that, hey. I, I can't be sitting in the same spot. Otherwise, I'm not going to get anywhere, right? <laughs> so um, whether it's like, you know, looking into Node.js and, do, and doing that like you, you've been doing or, you know, whether it's um, Ishan, I sent you the co-host invite or whether it's, um, you know, uh, looking into APIs or, you know, whatever, like you said, right? Um, and, and yes, the, it can get overwhelming just because there's so many different things out there, so many different platforms and um, so many different uh, frameworks and, uh, you know, all these different things, right? Um, especially when it comes to JavaScript. <laughs> there's just, you know, so many things out there. But you're, you're doing the right thing of just taking the action and getting, getting started um, in, those, in those particular areas. Now, Node.js, obviously, that's, that's more um, like kind of like back end of, JavaScript, right? Um, and then there's, you know, front end of JavaScript, which is more like you know, React or or any of these other like uh, frameworks that are out there for the front end. There's there's a lot, right, to choose from. Or there's just, right, hey, vanilla JS, you know, vanilla JavaScript. It's just like just no framework, plain old vanilla JavaScript um, is what it's called. So if you want to learn that too, that might be something to look up. Um, granted. Nowadays, you could get hired by a company just from learning a framework and not even knowing vanilla JavaScript. So, will you will it help you in your career to know vanilla? Yeah, but there's other people up here that are way more qualified to talk about this than I am. <laughs> I'm probably 
just as much as a uh, you know a beginner up here as as a lot of people. So um, with that, I would love to introduce um, our co-host Ishan, uh, who's hey. going to take us into maybe a little bit on what he recommends uh, for you know someone who's you know really been doing this for a couple of years, but they're wanting to you know, get more into uh, learning more and, and, you know, they're taking some action, but maybe you have some suggestions uh, for Rahma, right? Rahma? Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. sorry, I'm late. Um, it's So the question is basically how to take it to the next level in, in your experience in web development. Is that correct? Yeah. They're still very much a, a beginner, as you said, but yes, exactly. Mm. What what does beginner mean? HTML, CSS, no JavaScript. HTML, CSS, some JavaScript. There you go. Yeah, uh, good question. <laughs> yeah, there's HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Although I tried to learn um, the frameworks, but I've just it's it's I just don't find it really interesting as much as I find it interesting trying to grasp the um, the plain JavaScript, the vanilla JavaScript. So. That's been pretty much it. Just HTML, CSS, and vanilla JavaScript. Okay. Um, uh, and then do you have a specific goal in mind? Like, um, I want to get hired, or I want to get promoted, or I want to work on websites, or I want to work on web applications. Like, I want to build the equivalent of Gmail in the browser, or I just want to make nice looking websites that are fast. Like what are, what are your goals? So I think, um, I can't really say for goals, but the things yeah. I find, should I say interesting or fascinating is being able to build yeah. tools for education. So I've been looking at um, a number of, should I say startups that do um, stuff like that that make learning really way way easier. For for example, we have um, Riplet. It's this. Uh, they have an IDE which is more more than more than an IDE. It's very good for learning for kids to learn and yeah. So stuff like that, tools like that. Although I know I can't just build stuff like that um, at one go. I'd have to start small. But I'm looking towards being able to you know at some point be able to put together things like that. Got it. Okay. That's really helpful. And I, I, Replit, I think, is the the in-browser IDE. Um, so that's that, that's really helpful. So, um, so here's the tension. Um, I love that you're interested in vanilla JavaScript. Uh, a lot of people want to jump straight to the frameworks, and it's great to have that you know background and that foundation for what vanilla JavaScript is. So. I would make sure you know, you know, vanilla JavaScript, but not let perfect be the enemy of the good. Like, feel like you know it decently well enough to, you know, add it to a website and sprinkle some level of interactivity onto it. Um, things like, you know, how, I don't know, click handlers work, um, how closures work. Um, know some of the key things like spread operators and arrow functions which get used by uh, a lot of the frameworks. But then if you want to be building tools like Replit and, and similar, those always are going to typically require a higher end framework. Uh, 
like a React or a Vue, just because if you try to manage all the complexity of things that are happening on the, the page with vanilla JavaScript, it really becomes hard to keep track of that from a, a code standpoint. So um, I, would, I would still say it's good to have a stepping stone in between where you are today to building a, a full-on like replit. Um, it might be, you know, pick a, a web page with some minor level of interactivity and say, I'm going to try and code a version of this. Um, and then the next step would be, you know, go through, there's some good examples of kind of the higher level interactivity using simple examples with frameworks. Like the classic one is to do lists. There's a great site to do MVC which shows you how to write a to-do application in multiple frameworks. Um, I wouldn't try to learn that across all the different frameworks. I would pick one framework or maybe two that you're, cons you're considering between and look at both versions of that to-do application in both those languages and see which one seems to appeal and make the most sense to you. I would also pick the framework that seems to have, you know, the largest ecosystem for, you know, where you're at either geographically or the space you're in. Um, and then pick one of those and start learning a framework uh, like React or Vue or, or Angular. Um, and then the, the thing that I think will help move you forward is like building projects. Um, so you get your hands dirty on stuff and, uh, you know, setting a, a project to build. And it's not only something you can show, but it, it makes when, you know, when you deal, read the concepts in a book, it's, it's not the same when you actually play with them. Um, uh, and that would be kind of my my immediate advice. The only other thing I'd say is there's a lot of great online resources, maybe potentially too many, um, but especially like YouTube has a lot of great tutorials um, of it, various areas. You could almost Google any any particular framework and just say crash course or getting started or for beginners, and you'll find some some piece of uh, content that'll help you get started. Let me pause there and see if that helps, or maybe you already knew all that. No, I think I think that was good advice. But another thing to to think about also when you're if you're uninterested in frameworks, maybe diving into the why behind the frameworks would be a good idea. Like for example, exploring concepts around state management and why the frameworks are used and why state management tied so closely to them, which lets you make an application like Replit. You know, even when it comes to making a Replit clone, it's not a difficult project to even start with. That's um, it's something you can definitely do. You know, whiteboard it out, put your cards together. What what this looks like on the the basic level? You need the editor. You need to be able to show what's happening on the right side of the screen. You know, that's your basic functionality, and then you need to be able to save in real time at the end of each editing. So, like, you're working through everything you need to build every fundamental application you're ever going to touch in the future. But understanding the concepts around state management is really the, the core to why it's so important to use that framework, why we even use them in the first place, and how interactivity is done. Uh, I think that would really help out with giving you like motivation towards moving towards a framework. Now, I think that we're biased because we always talk about React and Next. <laughs> yeah. um, but Vue is, a, I feel like, a much more friendlier starting point. It also cuts up the code in a different way that's easier to understand. Um, it's also worth exploring. Um, I always, I, I learned, you know, the concepts around this with Angular, a little bit different. It wasn't, 
necessarily the same type of state management it is today, but it also helped out because it followed a lot of the previous concepts that older MVC frameworks followed. But in your case, I think that because of how much there is out there around React and how easy it is to access resources, it's probably your best starting point. And just research into things like Redux or how to use React's context library if you're looking for basic state management. Um, and it will really help you kind of get to where you're going. But if Replit's the goal, start with Replit. You know, that's definitely an achievable project, even as a beginner. Just so I'm clear. So I think that's a great call out to understand the why. Are you suggesting coding up something like Replit using vanilla JavaScript as a project? And the reason I ask I, is I, I feel like it's doable, but I feel like you might, if you... Like, because there's so many, like, components that do pieces of it that you can stitch together, there can be an, a more immediate sense of, like, less work getting it done, but you may not understand the principles if you just pieced it together. Like, you can find a, a you know, an autocomplete component for Vue or React and stitch it together that way. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, what were you proposing there? I think I, I find that really interesting. Yeah. I'm surprised I've never thought about that before. So yeah, I think it's it's um it's on top of my to do list already. I'll just try to mm -hmm. see how how much I can get done in that regard. Thank you. Okay, well, uh, I hope I hope we uh, helped out there. Um, so I, uh, Scott, I think you probably did the intro already. Um, for yeah. folks, this is this is obviously JavaScript Jam live. We are an open mic, so feel free to raise your hand. Um, and we'll bring you to the stage and uh, feel free to introduce a topic just like an open mic. Um, but we have a few things that we always come prepared for. Um, have you guys started walking through that list already, Scott, or should I take it away? Yeah, no, we haven't. Feel free. Okay. Although we did, we did touch a little bit on V conference, but uh, we didn't go too far in depth or anything. I mean, we, we just kind of touched on a couple of things like how it was laid out, what the, uh, you know, a few talked about a couple of the talks that they were uh, had on the list, but other than that, we didn't really get into anything. And uh, nobody here that we know of has um, went to it or, or saw it or participated. Yeah, I'll just say it had a really impressive lineup, which I'm sure you probably already covered. Um, and the the talk I most wanted to to watch was actually the frameworks panel. Um, it had like a who's who you had, you know, Daniel Rowe, uh, talking from Nuxt, uh, who's actually been a, a speaker for JavaScript jam at the composability summit. Um, you had Fred shot from Astro who's been on the JavaScript jam podcast. Um, you had Ryan Carniato, uh, from solid JS also, uh, who's been on the JavaScript jam, uh, podcast, uh, Misko Hevery, who's. Uh, creator of AngularJS and now QuickJS, um, which is an impressive, uh, interesting framework. Um, so it was a really, uh, really impressive lineup. I, I look forward to them publishing a recording because that's, uh, that's the one I definitely wanted to, to tune into uh, and see more about. Um, so uh, hopefully they'll post those recordings and we'll be able to get a chance to watch them. I, I misinterpreted, as it seems like many did, the, the format and I thought I'd be able to watch it uh, a little bit more after the fact, but um, it is what it is. So um, 
moving on. Um, and do you have the link for the newsletter, Scott? We can just post up there. Yeah, I can grab it. Yeah. I'll tweet it first. And then... Okay, perfect. So, um, you know, speaking of frameworks, there was a site um, somebody recently created and blogged about called uh, What the Framework. And its lofty goal is uh, helping you pick the framework for your next project. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is you you might think, as I think a lot of us do, it feels like every week there's a, a hot new JavaScript framework uh, every week. But she actually argued, the creator, that there's a, a gap in the ecosystem, uh, more gaps than you might think. Um, and you kind of have to make this really hard decision about whether your site is going to be a multi-page app, so it's more like a classic website, or it's going to be a single page app. Um, and if you want to do both of those, or if you're going to blend between the two of those, um, she's like, you've got uh, fewer options than, than she's like, I thought. Um, you know, there's basically, I think she outlines, uh, sorry, and you also want server-side rendering. Um, uh, and so she found there weren't as many options as you might think. Um, but I think it might be useful for us to just take a stab. And if you want, go ahead and try the website out yourself. We'll kind of walk through it live. Uh, it's a very simple, it's an open source site. Um, it's called whattheframework.dev, all one word. And the flowchart's actually pretty simple. Um, so when you first land on it, it asks you which of uh, three different types of sites you're trying to build. And one of the things I liked is it doesn't even ask you, you know, how I just even phrased the question, because I phrased it as an expert, so to speak. Do you want a multi-page app or a single-page app? It's really contextualized to something that even a non-technical user potentially could understand. So the questions that are asked are, is it a content-based website that provides the same content and experience in every visit? And I know what that means technically. Like I would phrase that kind of instinctively as, you know, is this a multi-page app that's highly cacheable, um, right? But this is a much better, more English, plain English explanation for it. Um, and then the other, you know, two options are a website where most of the content is the same for everyone but may also need to cater for unique content on visits to certain pages, which is really saying, hey, I'm going to personalize some parts of it. And then the third is a website that needs to provide a custom and dynamic content for each visitor. So an example of that might be something like a like Gmail, or I log into uh, a dashboard of some kind, and it's only you know the information for me about my, my stats that I'm looking at. Uh, or, or maybe it's like Twitter or Facebook, where the entire experience every time you log in is custom for that particular user, their feed, uh, and maybe even for that point in time. And, oh, it looks like we've got uh, oh, a request. There we go. There's Matt. Um, so if you so follow along if you want uh, whattheframework.dev. Um, and if you pick your website is the first option, website provides the same content and experience in every visitor. 
um, then its recommendation is, is right there for you already. Your website is probably a static site um, made of pre-rendered HTML pages and static assets. And I thought what was really interesting is did not use the buzzword, which is Jamstack, which is how a lot of people would historically describe this. Um, so that's a website where all the, the pages are basically built right when you deploy the site. And anytime somebody comes visits the site, it doesn't, the CPU, the computer doesn't have to do any work, doesn't run any code. It really just serves up that HTML, the same HTML to every visitor who visits that URL. Um, and there's a lot of options here. Um, so you get your classic ones like that people know, like 11D, um, but frameworks like uh, Gatsby, Next, Nuxt, Redwood, um, even Angular support this. Um, Astro is also called out, which is, I believe, what this site is built on, and then Docusaurus. Um, what's interesting about some of these is some of them support both purely static and some of them support uh, regular. And then the other one, if you go back to the, the homepage and you say, my website is more content is the same for everyone, but I might need to personalize some parts of it. So maybe it's say like an e-commerce site. Uh, the next question it, it asks, probably the most technical question. It, it says, your website is probably a hybrid site. Um, and they ask, do you need to maintain state across multiple pages? Which, you know, harkens back to what we were talking about earlier um, with uh, Daniel's answer, like understanding state. And again, things I like here is uh, they highlight examples. So examples of sites that you probably know that maintain state across multiple pages Gmail, Discord, Twitter. As you navigate through Gmail, Discord, and Twitter, it needs to know, like, if you go back to the previous email, what you did there, or you're through a, a multiple complex operations. Uh, Replit would be an example of this. And so if you click that, it says, you know, your site is probably suited to a single page application, in which case your options are, you know, they recommend Blitz, Gatsby, Next, Nuxt. Um, if you say no, and the examples they give are, are sites like Google, BBC, and Amazon, right? Those, Google's a good example. It's going to give you different results to different users, depending on what they type in in the search results. Um, but you don't need to maintain state across multiple pages, other than maybe if you're on the third page versus the first page of search results. Um, you don't need to, you know, Google, as of yet, doesn't show you, like, here are the things you searched for, you know, over the last five days, although they actually do for certain users. Uh, but let's leave that aside. So if you say no, then you're a multi-page application. You don't need to maintain state between them. So 11D and Redwood are example frameworks that are called out. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, if you go back to the homepage again and you say, does your website need to provide custom content for each visitor? Um, then again, it asks if you need to maintain state. Um, and if it does, then you now we're getting to the ones that we're all familiar with for very multi-page React, sorry, JavaScript-heavy uh, clients. So React, Angular, Views, Felt, Solid, Blitz, Nuxt, Ember, Remix, uh, Preact. And if you don't need to maintain state, um, you can look at frameworks like Quick and Astro and Redwood. Um, so uh, hopefully you guys are following along there. Um, first thing is I want to just pause and see if there are any thoughts or any questions. And then I want to just see with our speakers here, is there anything you agree or disagree with in terms of how they cut up the landscape in terms of the question asked? Did they miss a question they should have asked? And then in terms of the recommendations, 
did anybody feel like the recommendations they disagreed with? Like, no, I don't think that framework was appropriately categorized. I just had something I wanted to add um, yeah. on the topic of framework. So in my, my hunt for the, the best static site generator uh, this weekend, I was playing around with Zola. I, uh, I was actually initially started playing around with Astro and then I just kind of stumbled into Zola. It is built in Rust and it is extremely simple and straightforward. And it's essentially everything I wanted from Gatsby. So I'm a couple of days into playing with it, uh, but so far I'm loving it. Oh, wow. That's that's really interesting. Well, first off, you should make a a GitHub pull request for Hacktoberfest, which we're in the middle of, uh, to add this to um, do it <laughs> to to what the framework. Uh, I don't see Zola. Let me go back. Let me see. Yeah, I, I don't see it either. And something yeah. that's even more interesting is they have layer zero in their docs. Zola has layer zero in their docs. Yeah, it's uh, it's gitzola.com. Oh, or, uh, I'm on Zola. Uh, get what is it? Uh, not dot com. It's I, I'm getzola.org. Getzola.org. So the name did sound familiar. Um, let me see. So yeah, it's listed. I'm I'm going to our our doc site. Um, our documentation. Yeah, one of one of our team members has evidently added it um to one of our supported frameworks i see it in our our docs.layer0 um there's a guide on using it that's that's awesome i knew it sounded familiar um so what's interesting is you mentioned it's written in rust so it's got to be extremely fast um why why did you go towards that over astro what about astro seemed too heavyweight for you so I, I actually liked Astro and didn't really have a problem with it. I was just kind of playing around with a few different ones. And then the site it had Zola listed right after Astro. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of like abandoned uh, Astro because I really, yeah. I also haven't played with Rust at all. So I wanted to just kind of dig in that way and see what was going on. And then when I threw some files in and went to, uh, went to, build it and saw that this is a site that would take like eight minutes on Gatsby to build. And this literally built in seconds. I was like, okay, let me go back and, and see what's going on. Uh, so I don't have any sites actually live yet, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, is, is the, the like eight minutes, was that an exaggeration or like you literally tried it or, you know, from experience, like how many pages is the site? Oh yeah. And like in Gatsby cloud, it was, it had about like a hundred markdown files in it and it was taking like eight minutes to build extremely basic site um, where I went wrong. And I think why it took so long for it to build is that I started with an outdated template uh, from theme forest actually called Flexiblog that mm -hmm. hadn't been updated in a while. So I had to, I kind of had to like bandaid it myself. So I, I think the sun is there is 100% from, from me uh, bandaiding it. But what really appeals to me about Zola is there's no plugins. It's just a single binary and it just works. Yeah, that is, I think, very appealing. I think um, I think Hugo, if I, I'm correct, is similar in that regard. And I think Hugo is written in Go. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I like yeah. Hugo too, but he, even Hugo is too advanced because I literally pretty much just need to display markdown files and images for the most part. Got it. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm, I'm looking at Zola's documentation. Um, if you're like, I just need to get, you know, I've got markdown files, 
that I'm using with templating, either liquid templates or something similar. And I just need to, you know, get this published out really quickly. And I don't have a lot of JavaScript needs on my page. It's not, Zola looks like a good option. Um, is that an accurate description of the site you were trying to build? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Essentially, I have uh, like a personal life wiki that it's just in Markdown files. Yeah, I've been trying to go like platform and, and really tech stack agnostic. So yeah. I just wanted to get like as simple as possible. And I used to just have like a private uh, repository on GitHub to back it up. Yeah. But I'm getting to the point now where maybe I want to put it, hook a CMS up to it and actually be able to, to write to it and use it from different devices. So I, I kind of just use it to play around really. Got it. Um, you know, I'll, so my bias would be to reach for something like uh, Eleventy, and the reason is simply because the guts of the thing are written in JavaScript. Um, and so, if I know if I need to do something, you know, weird that it doesn't support, then I I feel like I could do it. But I might even start with something like Zola just to get started, anyways, because it's a single binary, like you said, and it looks really simple and straightforward. It has most of what you need, and you just you're up and running really quickly. Um, so that's that's really interesting. Oh, and it supports SAS. Um, yeah, it's got image processing. That's that's pretty good. Um, I inevitably find, in my experience, I want to cut up, customize something at some point, no matter what system or platform I'm on. And it just I, I run up against those walls, and I I want that ability to have an escape hatch, which is why I'd pick something like I don't know Eleven uh, D for this. But Astro. I really like because in a situation where it's not just Markdown, but it's also maybe I wanted something more component driven that'd be more sophisticated um, where I might be reusing the components and, you know, reusing a button or an interaction component across multiple pages. I really like how Astro is laid out in that way, but it, I don't know if it has, for example, the image processing built in and stuff like that. Um, so, but for, for what you're describing, this looks like, a, this and Hugo look like really good options. Um, you should definitely do a, a pull request to submit it. Yeah, that'd be fun. And then I was also looking for Hacktober opportunities. Um, so uh, that would be fun. Yeah, uh, totally. Any other folks who have thoughts or on, on the recommendations made by What the Framework? It does seem like, especially for static, it's one of the largest lists they've got, but there there could have been you know more added here. Um, like Hugo is it actually appears to be on uh, their list of static sites um, or st static site generators. Um, so there's definitely a lot that potentially could be added here. I mean, Anybody, who, you know yeah. what what uh, just kind of go back to what man was talking about. You know, yeah. it's, uh, would you consider would you consider that like um, like a progressive type structure where you know you're working from html to javascript to components you know adding things in is that considered like a progressive approach uh technically i would call that progressive though when people think of progressive they they might they might think of a different journey the the best example going back to what daniel had mentioned earlier about frameworks is Vue has a very progressive approach. Like it, it isn't necessarily about processing. Like in Matt's case, he's taking a series of markdown documents 
and he's trying to turn them into web pages. And right. you know, this is really well done for that. But, you know, if you start with just simple HTML, CSS and JavaScript, right. and you don't want to have Vue doing all everything on your page, if, Vue is a great option because you can just yeah. say, oh, this part of the page is it. I don't need You don't even need to have like bundling and a tool chain and Webpack right. set up. You can just, you know, add the script tag and then there's a really easy way and so Vue, I think they still do, used to call themselves a progressive framework. It's very easy to adopt it, very piecemeal. Um, Got it. So That's cool. Vue yeah. Is, and, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of cool, though, because I, 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 when Daniel said that, I started thinking about Vue, and I was like, you know what? The one or two times that I did mess with Vue, it was very easy because, like, like Daniel said, it's, like, so easy to, you know, write in that, right? Because it's, like, the reason why is because it's just like you could throw HTML and CSS in there just like anything else, right? <laughs> and um, it's just so it's so cool. And it also made me think of um, last week, or was it last week? yeah. Anyway, um, I was speaking with one of the uh, the co-founder of Enhance um, on uh, Space and talking about its progressive structure and how it, it you know it's progressive by nature and, and um, you know that's why they developed it or whatever that way and also the interesting topic came up about um, how they designed it that way so that um, you know they're they're more um, friendly as far as from a uh, accessibility uh, viewpoint, mm. which is kind of cool. Um, you know, that's a big thing that they were talking about was accessibility as well. Um, and then I brought up the fact of, well, it's also, <laughs> so, you know, the accessibility as far as, you know, being able to work on all these different devices and things, right? But um, also accessible from allowing newer developers to utilize a framework uh, because it's it's easy to write it, right? Like just like Vue as well, but it's progressive. So you can build onto, you can add web components, you can add different JavaScript later um, per se, right? Yeah, you know, you bring up a really good point. Um, one of the things it doesn't ask is like, how technically sophisticated are you? Like, where are you in your developer journey, so to speak? Um, hmm, you know, yeah. what does your team structure <laughs> look like? You know, when you're in an enterprise context, um, those are key considerations as to what framework you pick. And, you know, I need to know, like, I'm going to build a complex site that is going to need a lot of interactivity. And I, I'm going to have to reuse a lot of, you know, I don't know what the right word would be, like components or interactivity. I don't have to, re like, imagine I'm going to build Gmail, right? There's no way I'm going to like create the in-browser editor and all the different components myself. I need to, to use something like that. Um, I, I want to have an ecosystem that has all those components for me, which is why people often go to React. Um, but another key, you know, for instance, is like, how good are you at making things look good? Like that's a, a key thing for me as well, and right. so because I'm, <laughs> do you I'm have to use Tailwind or Exa yeah, exactly. <laughs> or are you bootstrapping this thing or <laughs> yeah, like what are what are the theming options it works best with or what are the the UI libraries 
that are most popular. Like it, it, it would, you know, it should almost maybe after you've picked the framework, be like, okay, here are the here are the the UI libraries that are recommended, which is yet another the, the rabbit hole keeps going deeper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's that's a really good call out. Um, yeah. The and the term progressive, you know, can have so many meanings. You're right. It has it from a you know, we just talked about it with Vue from the developer experience standpoint. The developer can kind of adopt pieces of Vue gradually. And then there's, for the user, you know, progressive enhancement re refers to really the ability to make sure the page is functional with just the basics of HTML and CSS and doesn't require JavaScript to function. You kind of add support for all those things layered on. But if, you know, some feature is missing, the, the entire web page doesn't break. Um, and, uh, enhance is very interesting as well, I think, cause they're, they're basing. Yeah. We might, on, we might get yeah, the, the, they, they actually reached out to me uh, after I had that talk with them. So we'll probably have them on JavaScript jam here. In a, in a, in a, in a oh, let's, let's get them on. Um, yeah. because you know, what's interesting about enhance is if I recall correctly, it's based on, let me pull up the docs. I think it's, it uses web components as its foundation. Um, and there's, there's been mixed traction with, you know, web components and, and custom elements. Um, and there was a really good blog post I read, uh, you know, over the last week, uh, saying it's still not time for, for, uh, web components. And then I read another one that obviously had the, the different view. So I'm really curious to see what they think. Um, as I've mentioned before, the biggest challenge I've had with them is, is server-side rendering. Um. But you're right. That's to, a good dimension. Is there other dimensions <laughs> besides developer experience and ecosystem that, you know, that should be called out or would be other questions to ask here when you're picking a framework that we haven't covered or that this site isn't asking? I am just checking it out. Give me a second. Yeah. Did, did you make this? No, it looks like okay. something I would make. Though. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it looks like an Ishan special. Yeah, it does. It really does. <laughs> That's why you need a theming library. No, no, this is somebody who, That's awesome. yeah, no. So uh, when I said simple site, I, I meant it. Um, uh, no, somebody else uh, that I linked to in the newsletter wrote it. Um, oh, that's right. I, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah she, she wrote cool. this. I changed my mind about writing new frameworks and uh, it got a lot of traction in a lot of places. Um, her, her homepage is better styled than this. So, Clearly, you know, she knows what she's doing. I think she, this is just like the start of something. Yeah, um, right. Maybe she made it yeah, simple cool. so like people like me who have no style can contribute to it. Um, and then they'll <laughs> go make it look nicer. Um, I, I really like the idea though. Because like to do MVC, you know, gives you the same application multiple ways. But it doesn't help, you know, especially a non-technical person or somebody just getting in to figure out you know, what is the right framework and the why of these frameworks? Like why you can look at the code for the two different versions of two MVC and you'll be like, well, which one makes the most sense for me? But it doesn't, you know, answer enough of the whys like this one does. Yeah. And really, uh, another thing I thought about though too is yeah. it, it just, it, it answers the question of what, right? And so like when you're going through this, I know you could definitely probably think of several different like avenues to go down and so therefore other questions to include but with this being a 
you know, kind of like a minimally viable kind of thing here, I guess. It's like the great thing is, is that it takes you out of the what should I do mode and into a take action mode. It's the almost like the mediator between you and doing the work, right? And so it will help you to just start. I don't know. That's what I see as a potential good thing as well from this. I I like to see that. No, no, it does. Because, no, what we were talking about is there can be analysis paralysis on, like, which, like, (laughs) I'm going to do a blog. How many people, like, you know, uh, Anthony, who's often a regular guest, just tweeted the other day, and I think he had gone through in two years seven different frameworks. Maybe it was five, right? Just building his own personal blog. Um, And I actually personally have wrestled with this. Mine is still actually, people will throw tomatoes at me. Mine is an amp. Um, And uh, you want to overcome that analysis paralysis. And this, I also like that, though, this starts with the what um, you're building, too, which keeps you focused on why you're you're focused. So that's, or why you're doing what you're, you're starting. What may be useful is like a, get started button. Well, what happens when you click on one of these, it does send you to the docs and GitHub. Um, maybe it'd be like starter example would be. Right. It would like yeah, throw like, you into VF code. <laughs> or, or I feel like, yeah, I feel like this exactly. is also kind of contributing to some of the problems and learning uh, in, in this space is that I feel like engineers, especially junior engineers in the early stages when they're first picking up everything, it's like shiny object syndrome. They they see something, they want to try it out. They see the next thing, oh, that looks better because they're probably stuck on something. They go to the next thing. And it's just a constant try, test, come to no conclusion, go to the next thing, learn a little bit. But they don't ever master any of them. Wow. Um, and I feel like that even with companies, a lot of people who have special have specialized, let's say you, you, you've been using Next for the last five years, well, you're likely using Next because you've been paid to use Next. Like that's what your contract or your employment or <clears throat> whoever you're currently working for is using. And that's why you've developed bias towards Next or Nuxt or Vue or whatever it might be. Oftentimes that bias, you know, that specialty and mastering a framework really comes from being paid to master you know in the long term and i feel like that makes it a little bit more difficult for those starting off like to really choose because it's not that there's a clear and concise choice it's you know what what can get you a job what can get you in the door and even if you have to switch frameworks on employment which happens all the time i mean you're going to end up developing preference towards whatever you're working on every day like they're all basically the same at the end of the day yeah, sometimes it helps to have that choice kind of uh, handled for you. So it forces yeah. you to bother. Yeah, like you're, you're, if, right. you're, if you're choosing between frameworks, you're probably not even at the point of qualification to make that choice, especially like if you're at like a, <laughs> a job. Like you shouldn't be leading a team unless you know exactly why you're picking something. Like, you know what I mean? I, I feel yeah, like that at least. Yeah. yeah, I don't think – but to be fair, I don't think anyone's going to use this to – to pick the framework for a team, I think this is maybe somebody getting started. And oh, for sure. Maybe a hobby project, or they're you know they're trying to figure out what to to use for their blog. 
Yeah, um, I guess like in my like just from my perspective, when I went through learning, I feel like I was just thrown all over the place, trying everything out, just pick up, drop, pick up, drop, until I had a contract where it was like, okay, I'm gonna stick to this because I'm being paid to do this. Um, yeah, you know that's, and I feel like it, it 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 completely stunts the growth of your engineering journey when you're constantly picking up new frameworks, like. You're not learning anything new. You're learning the same five steps on five different frameworks. Yeah. Like, yeah. What what would be better is progressing beyond step five to step 15, step 20, step 25. Like, how do you actually accomplish the entire application, not how to start an application? That's true. And that's that's actually kind of a difficult thing for, which we'll talk more of next week, um, folks. If you're wanting to hear more about DevRel in the world here of uh, JavaScript and web development, um, join us next week as well. We'll be diving in uh, with a special guest um, whom we'll be announcing in the newsletter. So that'll be cool. And we'll probably tweet about it as well. So keep an eye out for that. But um, yeah, no, I very much agree with Daniel on that. I mean, when you're paid to do it, <laughs> you're probably going to focus more on it, right? Uh, and not just that. Focuses the your, mind. Yeah, and it eliminates your... Uh, it eliminates you having to even look into anything else because you don't have a choice. It's like, hey, this is what you got to do. So It makes you miss the Rails days. Like, when, when Rails was the popular choice, like, it was obvious why. Like, you just picked it because it got shit done. Like, that was the main objective, and it did it all, and nothing else really touched it at the time. And now yeah. everything gets stuff done. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're going to love – so this is, like, me taking the opposite approach. So the reason I like Astro so much – it's because it lets you not make the decision. It's like you pick Astro and then you still have yet another choice. Like I can use React <laughs> for this page. I can use Vue for this other page. I can continue being the dilettante. And, and I think I it's want. because, yeah. the, you yeah. know, you're, you're in that stage in your career, in your life where, you know, yeah. you have the ability to make those decisions and you know why you'd want to make those decisions. So you want to leave it open if you want to, put some web components in this specific area and so this allows you to do that then you're going to go that route whereas if it's you know more limiting uh you know like rails right or whatever then you probably don't want to choose that method because you're thinking well what if i want to do this in the future and i can't now now i gotta switch right (laughs) yeah well thank you for not being the the therapist and saying you have a fear of commitment so (laughs) that's 100 percent true yeah um well, I think we're right at time on that note. So, uh, Scott, I'll I'll let you uh, to take us out. Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, thank you all so much for joining us today. Greatly appreciate it. Like I said, join us next week because we're going to be talking about DevRel stuff, and it's going to get exciting. I promise you it's going to have a bunch of people in this room speaking about DevRel. I'll probably get all the DevRels up in here. <laughs> anyway. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for today, though. We had a great time talking about what the framework.dev, what that means for you, what it could mean, what it might not mean, the things that they might be able to do to improve upon it, or maybe we should just leave it as it is because maybe it's not so flashy because everything else is so flashy. Interesting. All right. Don't think too hard on that one. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, thank you all so much for joining us. Remember, we do this every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And, uh, yeah, we love you all so much. Thank you, and we'll see you on the next one.
Thank you. See you, everybody. All right. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. See you next time.